This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood, the Cabbage Patch Kid for the day. That's it. She looks just like a Cabbage Patch Kid. It's the hair, everybody. It it's, is the hair. It's the hair. And then, of course, I've got a round face, so it just all adds to the whole Cabbage Patch aspect of it all. It does. <laughs> but I am in today with you, Coach Charlie. How are you doing? I am doing great. You know, we had a cool snap. Now we have a warm snap. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but yeah, that's why I'm drinking tea. And next week it's going to be a cold snap. It's supposed to get down in the 30s. Of course. So if it's getting down in the 30s, we know that winter is on its way and yeah. we need to be prepared. For sure. And I need my allergy medication as well. Yes. Because it's going up and down. Yeah, it is. It's going up and down. But, of course, what Coach Charlie is talking about is winterizing your vehicle, and that's what we'll be discussing today. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org with any car questions that you may have or if you're trying to figure out how to winterize your vehicle. But, Coach, you already know I got a little write-up for it. So is it necessary to winterize your car? Especially, that's a good question for here in the state. You know, we don't get as cold as other states. So you're wondering, should I winterize? But they say normally you'd want to winterize your car before cold weather hits, but it's never too late to get your car prepared to tackle frigid temperatures and some snow. But failing to do so could leave you stranded in need of an emergency repair or the back foot in in freezing temperatures, which I have been um, subject to. I actually totaled my car out during one of those ice storms, one of those years. It wasn't on the stack, was it? No, it was on it was on fortification in Jackson. But it, what I've learned as well is fortification, um, those streets are built on, I guess, volcano land. And so it gets cold, even though it looks like you're on the ground. It's so cold that it just ices over all of those streets downtown right it's there. It's called that black ice. Yeah. And yes. that's what got me. That's what got me. And then now that's why I'm in an all-wheel drive. Great, great. So. <laughs> well, you know, when you start talking about winterizing your vehicle, well, like I say, we've been in, it's been 100 degrees all summer long. Temperatures are going down to 80s and 90s, and now they're going down to the 30s next week. Well, when do we start to winterize that vehicle? You know, uh, I think we get so busy during the summertime mm-hmm. that we're going on vacations, the kids are out. We don't really have time to stop and look at our vehicle and be prepared. Yeah. Well, you know, today, so I thought about it, said, well, why should we winterize? You know, and you just said that maybe we shouldn't do it down here in Mississippi because the weather is not as cold. Right. But guess what? It changes maybe from, three or four times the same day. Right. I was about to say from day to day, but you're right. Three or four times the same day. That's right. And so we need to be prepared. And, you know, just being prepared, you know, I think one of the things is that we think about the battery. I think about a battery in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, you really don't know if the battery's bad until it gets cold. Right. Because it takes more power out of that battery to start that vehicle. So one of the first things you want to do is make sure you check that battery in that vehicle. Okay. Make sure that it is uh, charged and that it's holding a load. And that means that it can hold the vehicle power. Yeah. And what you may have to do on that, you can, they do make handheld load testers, but 
you can take it to a shop and they can test that battery for you to make sure that it will hold the load under a cold condition. And because the thing is, if uh-huh. one cell, you have six cells in a 12-volt battery, if uh-huh. one cell goes bad, you may not notice it during the summertime, but that's one of the first things you're going to notice on that first cold morning. You go out there and you try to crank that vehicle, it goes, eh, yeah, eh. yeah. Now the battery's bad. Now, if you can't hold the load, would you suggest getting a new battery or can we boost a battery? Well, anytime you're boosting a battery, that means something's wrong with the battery unless you left something on. Okay. Left the door open or a radio on. Okay. So anytime you have to boost off the vehicle, that means that either the battery's bad or the alternator's bad. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to check both of them, but most likely... In the wintertime, if that thing's been, yeah, if that thing's been cranking every day for you, great. Then all of a sudden it just says, Hey, I don't want to go. Yeah. That's the battery. So you want to check that out before you do get stranded. Make sure you clean those battery posts, uh, before the wintertime because that's one thing. Uh, the connections are not good. It takes more of a a voltage spike to make that starter work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that. So we also were talking batteries. We're also talking um, tires, spare tires as well. Well, a lot of times we don't even think about the spare tire until we have a flat. Uh, and then when we have a flat, then we check that spare tire. And I hate to say a lot of times that spare tire is flat. Right. Because over a time period, that you air had, you, leaks you, out. And you hadn't looked in that trunk. You haven't looked in the trunk. You ain't got that uh, tire down, out from underneath that vehicle to right. check it. You want to check that spare tire now. And that just don't have to be for wintertime. That needs to be at least once or twice a year Mm -hmm. to make sure if you're going on a trip or you're going somewhere, that spare tire is not flat in case you have that spare uh, uh, flat. But now you want to make sure you have a spare tire as well. Because once again, I got in that situation where I thought I had the spare tire. And you didn't. And didn't. It cost me $1,500. Wow. Wow. So you want to make sure that if you don't have a spare tire, What's your emergency plan? Uh, what's your next step? On right. That? Now, I'm interested in tires. So let's just say if you have a two-wheel drive coach, is there tires that you could switch on and off to make it, I guess, more winterized tires for your vehicle? Well, most of our vehicles today have all-terrain tires on them. Okay, you can get a highway tire or just a all-terrain tire. That means that it's going to go through mud, snow, and rain. Right. Okay, most vehicles come with that type of tire on it. So really, the tire that you're going to get from the uh, manufacturer that's on the vehicle is really most of them are all-terrain. Right. Okay. okay. But now, if you just have highway tires on it, you can change. And there's a lot of people that own um, four-wheel drives and all that they will have two sets of tires. That they switch on and uh, off. Right. One is going in the mud and the snow, and one is just driving down the highway when they're not hunting. Right, 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 right. Now, you know, my my mom is from up north, so up north they have to winterize a vehicle seriously. So they'll put the chains on the tires. They'll actually attach a plow to the front of a sedan just so that they can... So they can clean the snow out. So they can clean the snow out. Driveway and all, yes. Right. But we don't have to get so serious with winterizing like on that level, do we? No, because we're not going to get that much snow. But the main thing is... Make sure that you have good tires on it. And I heard a commercial the other day, and they were trying to sell tires. Uh, it's always been if you could stick your a penny in the tread uh-huh. of the tire and you're still see Lincoln's head, you're good to go. Now, some people are changing if you stick a quarter in there and you see the head. But really, it's 230 seconds. If a tire is less than 230 seconds, it needs to be replaced. Okay. 
Okay. So that is the technical part of it. When it comes down to airing them up, it makes a difference if they are not all aired up at the same pressure, correct? Yes. If you look in your, uh, if you open the door, there's a placard in there that says front wheel and rear wheel tire pressure. Yeah. You always want to air those tires up in cold environment before you have driven the vehicle. Because what happens is that the air pressure could be two or three pounds difference from the time you drive the vehicle from hot to cold. Okay. So you always want to make sure that it's done at cold. Now, if you're in a snow situation, that's another thing you want to think about, or icy situations, you might want to take some of that air out of those tires so you get better traction. What? Did not know that. Yeah, you can take some of the air out of the tire so you get better traction in the snow because you have a wider... uh, Footprint. Okay. Okay. It kind of spreads it out. Uh, spreads it out, and you get a little bit more traction. Okay. 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 And then when summertime, so you want to stay, make sure that you're staying within the pressures so the uh, TPS don't come on, tire pressure monitoring mm-hmm. system light mm-hmm. does not come mm-hmm. on, and that's within two or three degrees, uh, two or three pounds of pressure. So you want to make sure you stay within that area. Okay. Okay. And it's always good to take it to somebody and let them do it, especially if you don't know about that pressure. You go to the gas station, you just keep pumping, and I don't know what pressure I'm at. And if you have a little green cap on the valve stem, put air in it. Don't put, don't go back and put nitrogen in those tires because you're just paying for air. Okay. 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 Well, look, we've got a tire email question. So this is coming from Joe. And Joe is asking, how old is too old for tires? The car isn't driven much, only 13,000 miles in five years. Are five-year-old tires too old? The tires have become quite loud. I don't see any signs of unusual wear that would be indicative of alignment issues or improper tire pressure. Would age cause the tires to roar? He says, thank you for an informative show. Yes, uh, age on tires, you need to change tires at least every five years. What happens to tires, they oxidize. Okay. And by when I say oxidize, they start to break down over time. Okay. Especially the sidewall. The treads don't usually do that, but it's usually the sidewalls that sort of break down and so they oxidize. Okay. You should change those tires at least every five years if you're not driving that vehicle. Uh-huh. If you notice that uh vehicles that are not driven very much, like campers and RVs and all, are put yeah. up on blocks. Yeah. And what they're put up on blocks for is so those tires don't get flat, flat spots in them. Okay. Because if you just leave all the pressure on one side, they're going to get a flat spot. Oh, okay. So that's one of the reasons why they put them on blocks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if the vehicle's just sitting around and you're not driving that vehicle, uh, about every five years is you the rule. Get, and then especially before we hit winter. Yes. And then the manufacturer, another thing, the manufacturer's not going to be liable after so long. Okay. And so that's another thing you got to think about that maybe something that tire blows out or something. And you say, well, I only got 13,000 miles can't on sue. it. You can't sue them right. after the warranty's out. I only got 13,000 miles. And the, and the manufacturer says, well, how old is the tire? Oh, it's five years old. They say, well... You know, just what I just said, oxidation, tire wear. Uh 
Make sure you look for those tires, especially when you're winterizing your vehicle this year. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about winterizing your vehicle. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here is a recent recall, Coach. The The latest recall from Honda features one of its most popular models, the Civic. Some 176,400 sedans and hatchbacks are being recalled over incorrect assembly of their steering racks. So that was straight from the line. Um, Effective cars include model year 2022 to 24 Civic sedans and hatchbacks that received a replacement power steering rack as part of a service repair. The incorrect assembly can allow the tire to chafe against the lower suspension or the tie rod in, possibly resulting in tire damage. Enough damage, though, can lead to a tire failure, increasing the risk of a crash or injury. And to resolve the issues, dealers are inspecting and replacing the power steering rack as necessary for free. Honda will begin notifying owners December 4th, but those with further questions can contact the automaker. And then you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about winterizing your vehicle. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. All right, coach, let's get into some coolant talk when it comes down to winterizing your vehicles. What do we need to look for there? When you think about coolant on a vehicle, that is a mixture of antifreeze and water. Okay. Okay. A lot of people say, well, that's uh, my antifreeze. Well, it's really not your antifreeze. It is coolant due to you cannot put straight antifreeze in a vehicle and you cannot put straight water in a vehicle. Okay. Now, during the summertime, a lot of people put water in their vehicle and that's what's in their vehicle. If you have water in your vehicle, in your coolant system, you need to drain the water out. Right now. Right now, while it's still a little warm, while you can do it, and go ahead and put you antifreeze and a coolant. Now, coolant should be 50-50 mixed, half water, half antifreeze. Okay. Okay, that is the right mixture of antifreeze and coolant. Okay. Okay, and then that will protect your car to about 10 to 15 degrees below zero. Okay. So you're covered in Mississippi. That's about where we are. Uh, so you want to make sure that there are different types of coolant for your vehicle. Mm-hmm. There, uh, every manufacturer may recommend a different coolant. So you want to take and make sure you're using their coolant. And the reason why you want to use their coolant and reason why it is recommended is because the engine blocks and the water pumps mm-hmm. may be made a little bit different. And if you put certain coolants in there, it may damage those systems. Okay. Has coolant changed over time? The- coolant, we used to have just green coolant. It was just antifreeze, right? It was just antifreeze that was just green. Yeah. Okay. And that's every time you took the radiator cap, you'd look at it and the coolant would be green. Now we have orange, purple, red, yellow. So, so we have several different colors right. of coolant and antifreeze. Right. But that is now each antifreeze goes for different types of miles, the mileage. You know, some of them are good up to 150,000 miles. 
Okay. Okay. Some of them are just good for 30,000 miles. Okay. So, and then they're just, and then some of them are made for hybrid vehicles. Okay. So there's just different types of coolant out there for different vehicles. So if you have an older vehicle, you may not need the 50-50? No, you still want to take and do 50-50 on any coolant. Okay. Okay. It doesn't matter. Now you can buy it in the parts store from the dealership already diluted 50-50 where you don't have to add no water, just pour it in. Okay. Or you can buy it concentrated where you need to do 50-50. Right. Concentrate's going to cost you more. 50-50, because it's already diluted, doesn't cost as much. Okay. But the different types cost more than just a regular green coolant. Got it. Got it. So when it comes down to fluids, is that kind of the same idea as coolant, or do we need more fluids just than coolant when it comes to winterizing? Well, we want to think about our windshield washer. That's another thing we really need to think about. A lot of people have water in it, and it's a plastic container. Well, what's going to happen when it starts freezing? That plastic container is going to freeze. You're going to take in all that water. It's going to go on the ground. You're going to say, well, during the summertime, every time you put water in it, it comes right back out. So you want to make sure you put the correct windshield washer coolant in there as well for the windshield washer. Okay. And that, you know, because what it does, it keeps it from freezing. Okay. Okay. So you want to make sure that your oils are good, transmission is good. You want to make sure anything that deals with fluids in that vehicle are good now. And you want another thing on coolant, since we're talking about coolant real quick, make sure that that radiator is clean. Because a lot of times now we're using the heating system, and if it's not clean, it clogs up the coolant system, uh, the heater system. That's why they call it a radiator flush. That's it. That's what you need to make sure that's clean. Flush it out. Coach, you always know how to to work a whole vehicle, not just half a vehicle. You can work a whole vehicle. (laughs) But, Coach, back to the, the fluids again. So other than, I guess, the windshield washer fluid and the coolant, is there any other fluids that we may need for winterizing our vehicle? Well, we need to understand, too, that a lot of vehicles today have dual coolant radiator systems. Okay. Not just one in the front of the vehicle. They're both in the front of the vehicle, but they're two different systems now. One for the engine, one just for the heating system. Okay. So you want to make sure you check both of those. Okay. Okay, with the coolant. Uh, you want to make sure that, like say, your oil, transmission fluid, your power steering fluid. A lot of the newer vehicles are gone away with, uh, done away with power steering fluid, and that goes back to your recall uh, when they're talking about the rack. Yeah. Okay, the rack is underneath the vehicle. It is what your tires hook to uh, to make it steer. Okay. So you want to make sure that if you have a old power steering pump on it still, that there's no leaks. Okay. Okay, so you can't really do anything to the electrical uh, rack, but you can do it with the uh, power steering, the one that has the power steering pump on it. Okay. So you want to make sure those fluid levels are all up to snuff. Everything that you need on coolant and uh, lubrications need to be done now. Okay. Make sure. I would even do my oil change. If it's time to do an oil change, Go. don't put it off. Go ahead and do it. Because i give you a good example. This guy called me yesterday. He told me, he says, Coach, my dipstick will not uh, register oil. I said, Is there any in it? Well, he said he's done put seven quarts in it. Okay. I said, You put seven quarts of oil and it's still not reading and it's not coming out. I said, Well, something's wrong. I said, You need to check the dipstick. See if the dipstick's broken. See if it's the right size. Yeah, is it too short? Right, is it too short? <laughs> right. So he went and took one out of another vehicle that had the same engine, stuck it in there, still didn't read. Okay. Well, what happened, the tube on the engine was four inches taller. 
So the dipstick that was it wasn't in there, ever touching. It was never touching. So now he's done put probably nine or ten quarts of oil in it. And he asked me, he said, "Can can I drive it?" Uh, I said, "No, you can't drive it." I said, "You need to get the oil back out of it and get the right dipstick." Yeah, because that's all you needed was the right size dipstick. Right. I said, "Is it making any noise?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, you probably were full of oil. Yeah. And now you done put two or three more quarts in it." You need to get it out because then you're going to store your engine. But those are things you need to look at, not only in the winter time but all the time. Be, I reckon, diligent. Be more di- diligent on checking your oil, checking your fluid levels. Because if you do all this stuff now, that's less stuff you got to do for the winter. Man, so wait a minute. We got to back up. Is this a manufacturer issue when it came down to this pipe? Being no, too tall? No, he got a new engine put in it. Okay. And most likely the dipstick might have not been in the engine that he got. Oh. And they used the dipstick out of the other engine. Okay. Because it only takes seven quarts. Okay. You know, okay. and then it should be touching the dipstick. And like I told the guy, I said, well, <laughs> there's oil in the vehicle. I promise you, if you put nine if quarts you, in it, that it's much not going oil. nowhere. No, you don't see it on the uh, ground. You don't see it on the ground. I said, it can't go nowhere. <laughs> You know, and, and then he finally discovered that it was four inches. Wow. Too tall. Wow. Well, that's that's a great discovery. Right. Uh, well, at least he got fixed up. Look, Coach, I want to go to a question that we got emailed. The question is, is there an air-cooled specialist for old Volkswagens in the Jackson area? Mike says he loves the show. Well, you know, and what he's talking about, air-cooled for older vehicles, they are— uh, has no cooling in it. So it is strictly air-cooled. Oh. Okay, for older Volkswagens. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's an engine in the back. It has four jugs. They're called jugs. Yeah. Okay, and those are like cylinder heads, and it's air-cooled. Okay, so you don't need cooling at all. You don't need cooling at all. And the best place to go if any European uh, dealer or Mm -hmm. aftermarket uh, shop would work on those. Okay. You know, and really, you're going to take and pick and choose and just be careful because a lot of people don't know how to work on those air-cooled engines. Right. So just pick and choose and be careful and do okay. your research. Mike, make sure you check maybe those European shops Yeah, because that's all it is. You know, think about a weed eater that's air-cooled. Yeah. Just, so you're talking about that's what a Volkswagen is. Okay. Okay. I used to love those. We're going to head to the phones. We've got Juan back on the line from Natchez. Juan, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. I'm glad you can hear me now. Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a police chief, first of all. And um, this past summer, we had almost literally all of our cars, uh, they were all Durangos and some were Dodge Chargers. They had major heating issues, uh, overheating, uh, blowing hoses, mainly the top hose, and never had that before. They were 2019s, most of them. I suggested that we change um, antifreeze, um, and they didn't heed to my suggestion. But my, uh, my question for Coach, should we have gone to a higher-grade antifreeze or a more expensive antifreeze, or would that have helped us at all? So what was it doing? It was blowing hoses or what? Right, blowing the hose. They were all overheating. Okay, uh, let, all of the okay, let me explain. Antifreeze itself, 
what it does, it keeps it from boiling, okay? Uh, I mean, it keeps it from freezing. It does not keep it from boiling. It, it keeps it from freezing. That is what antifreeze does, okay? So a lot of people say, well, it's going to keep it from boiling. Well, it brings the boiling point up a little bit, but really the radiator cap does that. It's like a pressure cooker. You know how a pressure cooker works? Well, really, that's what the radiator cap is doing. Okay, now... They're, they have not had a recall on the hoses or anything on those vehicles, but it's really not the antifreeze because you could do straight water would be the same thing. You see what I'm saying? And it's most likely either bad hoses or a radiator cap not releasing the pressure because those systems are under pressure. And when they start building too much pressure, the pressure is supposed to the radiator cap supposed to relieve that pressure. And what it does, it goes back in the overflow. Okay, it lets some of the fluid back in the overflow, and most likely either the radiator caps were bad or the hoses were bad. So radiator caps on all the Durangos and the Chargers as well. Well, it could be. You know, I'm not saying it, it uh, you know, you said it did it on all of it, but really the antifreeze itself is not going to cause the problem. You know, because uh, any antifreeze you put in, uh, you could even put the green antifreeze that we used to put in vehicles all the time. It would still do its job, but it's not recommended for the engine. You see what I'm saying? But it would still do the job. It's not going to make it overheat or underheat, uh, undercool. So what you could, and then like I say, if the radiators were stopped up on any of these vehicles, would be the same thing. That would make them overheat as well. Okay, I know we did change the caps on some of them, and, and they still uh, the top hose was the main hose for the Durango that was that was blowing. Yeah, I would check either the thermostat on those, uh, see if the thermostat is opening up at the right time, uh, because that's another thing. Is the thermostat if they got the wrong thermostats in them, that will cause the problem because they're going to overheat. Okay, well we'll see. We, we took it to the Dodge dealer and I used our technician, and nobody could figure out anything. So we'll just well let's just see. Up. Let's see what the Dodge dealer says and see and let us know. Oh no, they've already they, oh. they couldn't help. They, they couldn't help neither. Well, I I would check the thermostat and I would change it to see what type of hoses they got on them. You know, maybe they put cheap hoses on them. You know, go to a Gates hose and see if that holds them. But most likely, I think it needs to, like I say, check that. Like you said, the thermostat the hoses, and make sure those fans are working in the front of that vehicle because, you know, the fans is what cools it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Juan. I see two phone calls on the line. We've got Hold On Steve and Hold On Kevin. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about winterizing your vehicle before and between your car repair questions. What's in the news? OnStar helps Cleveland police shut down stolen vehicle. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy, and we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays 
at 11 a.m. Okay, before we go to the phone lines, Coach, here's what's in the news. OnStar helps Cleveland police shut down a stolen vehicle. So police in Cleveland, Ohio, were able to apprehend a suspect in a car theft by slowing down the SUV via OnStar earlier this week. The Cleveland Division of Police indicated that it wasn't the first time it used OnStar, while the remote communication capabilities prevented a potentially dangerous police pursuit, it does raise the question of how much control law enforcement agencies have over our modern cars today. So the woman reported... um, that she had called the police early Monday morning to report that her SUV was stolen. She also informed officers that she had activated her vehicles on star features. The Cleveland Police's division's public information officer told the TV station that upon receiving that information, the officers were able to communicate through OnStar, which helped them identify the location of the vehicle, and they were able to completely deactivate the car, slow it down to almost a stop to where officers can get to the location and and arrest the individuals responsible for it. So with OnStar's assistance, officers were able to locate that vehicle and bring it to a near standstill to arrest the person behind the wheel. And OnStar first introduced its stolen vehicle slowdown system in 2008, but the onboard vehicle systems have advanced leaps and bounds over the past 15 years. Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, talked about the... uh Boxes, the black boxes in those vehicles. Well, guess what? That is the black box. That's the black box. <laughs> those boxes, the uh, Mercedes has one called My Mercedes. Honda has one. Uh, Ford has one. All the manufacturers have one in that vehicle that you can call for help. Okay. And when you call for help, they know where that vehicle is. You can get your vehicle unlocked. They can, can, they're controlling that vehicle. Now, you say, well, what if I let my uh, subscription lapse? Yeah. Well, guess what? All they got to do is call and cut it back on. Yeah, it don't it's take just, but a second. Nothing but a second. So if the uh, police officers need to get in that vehicle or need to locate that vehicle, right. even if you don't have a subscription, they can get that vehicle. Right. You know, we had one, uh, the Jackson police was looking for a vehicle several uh, years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, they had OnStar. And it was down in Brookhaven at a gas station, and they caught the criminals because they cut the vehicle off. That's what I'm talking about. I don't mind them having that much control, especially when it comes down to locating my stolen vehicle, for sure. Um, And there's so much other things that could happen. They could locate you even if your vehicle wasn't stolen. Right. If you think about cell phones now, they can tell if you're in an accident. Well, OnStar is the same thing. Yeah. They can call the ambulance. They can call the fire department, yeah. police, because I, they have all that going on right now. I'm no criminal, so I, you can follow me. I just want to make sure somebody knows where I am. That's right. That's for sure. We're going to go to the phone lines. We've got Steve and Dolce. Steve has a tailpipe, a tailpipe that has smoke coming out of it. I guess. Steve, tell me one thing. Where is Dolce at? Right on the Gulf Coast between Ocean Springs and Pascagoula. Oh, okay, because we were wondering. I was Googling. I was just trying to find it. But, Steve, welcome to the show. You're on with Coach Charlie. Well, good, good morning, folks. Good morning. Coach, uh, I'll a little history. Uh, i got 2016 F-150 2.7 turbo. And uh, about a year ago, it started showing a little bit of blue smoke, sign of oil. Coming out, it got worse and worse. So I just uh, so I talked to uh, shop mechanic. We have a independent on Firestone store and said, it's, it looks like my valve stems are leaking. He said, and you don't have valve stems. I said, okay. So I did a little homework and it says turbo tube 
left on the left hand side go from front of the head back to the turbo and when you go to switch it off oil goes through the line goes in the turbo and you crank it up next morning blue smoke come out okay now i had that had it replaced day four yesterday blue smoke still coming out but not as much does it take time for the burn all that excess oil that's in the system or what, it, what do you it does take time to run that excess oil that's in the exhaust system in the engine and all but once again turbos what they do they the seals start leaking in the turbos and they will suck that oil through the cylinder and that's where your blue smoke comes from but it will take time for that blue smoke to burn off because it's in your tailpipe and you know in your catalytic converter all that gets hot and then until it burns off completely you'll see a little blue smoke yeah i changed my spark plug i'm worried about spark plugs oh two cents just of it before it started smoking, I changed the spark plug. You know, it's part of a hundred thousand mile tune-up or what seventy-five thousand mile tune-up or whatever. Right, and and, uh, and it could foul those out, and it still runs beautiful, okay. And uh, and also those two sensor and stuff. But uh, well, just wait and see about blue smoke. What about the O2 sensor? How can I tell if it's bad? Well, if you, the uh, check engine light will come on, it will tell you if you put it on a scan tool. But most likely, if you think about the upper oxygen sensor, it controls the engine. You'll get uh, not as good as fuel economy and all on it. And the rear oxygen sensor, they control the – they let you know about the catalytic converter. So as long as it's running good and right now, just if you've got a few days, let that burn off and you should be good to go. Yeah, that's related to the same vehicle. One other thing I had, I used to get about 440 to 450 miles to tank of gas and drop down to, depends on how often I pull the boat, down to about 400. And then uh, then got dropped down to about 360. And there was some codes. I don't remember what the codes were. And man, it's forged things about the codes are just crazy about having to change the battery, you know? I changed the battery. I didn't change it right. So I was talking to the shop mechanic again my not mechanic the general manager i mean the manager and stuff and he said just well he's an electrician uh but licensed electrician also he said just take the two battery uh, battery cables and touch them like that and it brings everything back down to zero what oh boy that wasn't doing i would have let off the gas the damn thing was still coasting like was you know and cruise control and stuff like that had to use the brakes more and all that kind of stuff once it did that it come back to normal I'm getting about 410 miles to tank of gas. I got 50, 60 more miles of gas since the discharge and stuff. But it was different what it showed in Kellogg. But that worked very, very well. Yeah, just uh, just make sure that the vehicle is is disconnected when you do that because a lot of times people will do them while it's connected. So just be careful on that. And like I say, it does have a relearn process. So you had it relearn itself. So we appreciate you. Steve, thank you so much for giving us a call. Listen, we're talking about winterizing your vehicle today. Tom, I see you on the line. Willie, I see you as well. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're driving a very special version of the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee. It's the Trailhawk 4XZ. The stripe on the hood tells you it's the Trailhawk. That means it's got the air suspension, it can raise up, it's the extreme off-road capable, but it can also ride very comfortably on the highway. It's a very nice balanced vehicle. The blue tow hooks in the front tell you this is the plug-in hybrid version of it, the 4XC. So you can plug in in about three and a half hours, fully recharge the batteries, and you can drive 25 miles on the electric charge. But it also has a two liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, 
So you've got plenty of power and plenty of range to go and drive down the highway and drive cross country if you want to. In fact, it's got 375 horsepower and 470 pound-feet of torque. So it's a peppy little vehicle. But I really, really like driving it. You know, it's inside, it's all Jeep Grand Cherokee. You got the leather seats, touchscreen, very comfortable. So let's talk about price. Well, the Grand Cherokee starts right at $40,000. This one all in, $72,630. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show. It's 11 a.m. Southern Remedy, Kins and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, and it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, as winter is coming, and we say we're talking about winterization today, we just want to make sure that you're prepared for the winter when it gets here and I know it's been a long hot summer but make sure you got things in your vehicle uh, if it's uh, blankets excess water uh, if it's uh flares or uh, ice scrapers, just make sure you have a few things in there to winterize and make sure that you're able to get through the winter in mm-hmm. your vehicle safely. Good tip. Good tip, Coach. We're going to go to the lines. We've got Tom on the line. He's got an antifreeze for windshield question. Tom, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, you talking about when you cut your antifreeze 50-50 for your radiators. Well, uh, Rain-X makes a type of uh, winter washer that's basically an antifreeze, but if you don't, they, they're proud of their stuff. It's kind of expensive. If you want to do a, a life hack, uh, get you some 91% rubbing uh, alcohol and do a 50-50 with water in your winter washer jug, and it won't freeze. Yeah, I was fixing to say the same thing about that, that you could use rubber alcohol uh, without having to spend that money. But, you know, a jug, a gallon of the coolant for the windshield, 239 Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it, it, to me, it's unless they're uh, specifically doing it to keep it from sticking, you know, the, coating the windshield with rain in, so that, to me, it's just not a – I just use the alcohol and keep a, I keep a squirt bottle, too, with a uh, – uh, two to one alcohol to water in the car, it won't freeze. But whenever the windshield frosts over, you just stretch it a few times and you decross it works faster and you get out of there. That is true. You know, what I've noticed a lot of times people say, well, my uh, my nozzles for my uh, windshield washer is not working. Well, yeah, a lot of times they do uh, put wax on them, but a lot of times what happens is that the settlement from the water. And whatever they're putting in that windshield wiper jug comes right up in those little nozzles and stop them up. So you want to make sure that uh, to clean those out as well. And like I say, some of that stuff that you're putting into the alcohol, that cleans them out good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely cleans them out. Yeah. All right. Appreciate your call. Thank you, Tom. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got Willie. He's got a transmission fluid question. Willie, you're on with Coach Charlie. Good morning. Hi. I've, Coach, I've heard this uh, expressed several different ways. We got a 93 Ford Ranger. We bought it originally back in 93 still. It has somewhere around 105, between 105 and 110,000 miles. Now, Coach, what we've never done, and I've heard two stories, tell me which one is applicable. We wa- I'm wondering if I should have the transmission fluid changed. I've never had it changed. Some say if you've never changed it, don't change it. I talked to a mechanic shop. He says, 
I'll change it if you want me to change it. He said, but probably you may start having problems with it. So what should we, what would be your suggestion? Well, I have a Ford Ranger with 107,000 miles on it, exactly, and it's a 2000 model, and now it is 2023, so in 13 years, I've never changed the transmission fluid in it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because a lot of transmissions, and maybe it's not so uh, with these brand new ones, but you know, I'm always skeptical of this, is that the transmission wears pieces start coming off a little flakes and all start coming off the disc or wearing and all those little particles go down into the transmission and it makes it the fluid a little thicker okay honda and i think ford and chevrolet they all had the same problem with their transmissions after they changed the fluids they didn't run correctly and so what they did they went to a thicker fluid Okay, they would flush the system out with a thicker transmission fluid in order to make them operate and stop shuddering. Well, older the vehicle is and more wear it has in it, it's that fluid is doing the exact same thing. It's thickening itself up where it will operate correctly. So if you do put a thinner, you go back to the original fluid and put it in there and it does have wear, maybe that transmission is not going to operate the way it should. And that's really what the other mechanic told you, that he could change it, but then you may have problems down the road. So you would leave well enough alone? I would leave it well enough alone Mm -hmm. and just keep on driving it. Like I say, if you don't have no problems, I wouldn't worry about it because you could make yourself problems. Mm. All right. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Willie. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. That's what they say. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Coach, before we get out of here, I want to go back to winterizing your vehicles. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. Heating system. Talk about that. Well, you know, the heating systems now, a lot of our vehicles today have dual heating systems in it. You know, you have a radiator for your engine and then you have a system for your heater. Okay. Well, you want to make sure, once again, that both of those systems are working properly. Get in there for the heating system. Make sure all your vents are opening and closing. Make sure you defrost. Make it, you know, a lot of our vehicles will have uh, actuators in there, and sometimes they get stuck. The vent door, the blend doors don't open and close yeah. correctly. So if you hear a little clicking noise when you change your uh, temperature controls or vent, uh, blend doors in your vehicle, make sure that you get those actuators replaced. Okay. So you'll have defrost and you'll have heat on the bottom. Okay. Uh, so you want to make sure that is taken care of. You want to make sure your belts. Uh, one thing we think about mm. belts for the heating system, the belt in today's vehicle uh, is what's turning the water pump. The water pump is getting is turning the coolant. Okay. And the coolant is going into the um, heater core to warm the vehicle. Okay. So you want to make sure that belt is good because if that belt is slipping that heater's not going to work correctly. And that's when we always make sure you don't have no coolant leaks because the problem is with the heating system, if it has a coolant leak, the heating system doesn't heat. Okay. Because it comes from the coolant. Okay. Okay, so as the engine gets hot, coolant gets hot, it goes through the heater core, fan blows on the heater core, now that's how you get heat. Okay. So there's a it's really a complex system, and people just say, well, I just can move this knob. Well, really, it's not. Automatic temperature controls now controls the blend door themselves, okay. and they will tell how much needs to be open and closed uh, in order to what temperature you want to be set at on the driver's side or the passenger side. Okay. So you want to make sure on those coolants, on those heater systems, that everything is working correctly. 
Make sure you check those belts, the hoses as well. Well, the hoses, yeah, that's one of those things a lot of people overlook. They just get in there and the hose ain't broke, just like the chief said earlier, that the hoses were blowing. Make sure those hoses are on there tight, make sure there's no leak. And he did say something about antifreeze. You know, antifreeze, you know, a hose deteriorates from the inside. It does not deteriorate from the outside. So you really can't tell if that hose is bad on the outside unless it's spongy or hard. Okay. Well, Coach, we've winterized a vehicle today. I tell you that we much. Have. We have. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our show engineer is Abram Nanny. Our call screener, Lacey Alexander. Next week, we're discussing car audio. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.